This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. Andrew Jobling, the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. Great to be here for another week. I've just spoken with Kerry Brownsberger from Boise, Idaho, and we laughed a lot about Idaho potatoes, apparently the best potatoes in the world. And Kerry is now a wellness coach, but she's come out of a tech background. She was very unhealthy. She let her health spiral to the point where she said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and she decided to create change in her life. And the first thing she did, and this is a key, key point of this podcast, is she developed a healthy identity for herself, the healthy version of Kerry. And she asked herself, what would the healthy version of me do in this situation? Incredibly, with that healthy identity, she started to make better choices, create change, lose the weight she wanted to lose, become healthy, have energy. And now she's a wellness coach helping people all around the world. So this is a pretty cool conversation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Kerry Brownsberger. Kerry, hello. How are you? Oh, I am just great. How are you, Andrew? I'm fabulous. Look at that smile you've got. It's a shame people can't see your smile. It's just lighting <laughs> up my screen right now. I appreciate that. That's very kind. <laughs> have you had a beautiful day? I have had a beautiful day. Yeah, you know, sun is shining. It's summertime here, so, you know, no Stop complaints. Stop rubbing it in. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry at all. You can see I'm rugged up here in chilly Melbourne, Australia, but that's okay. It'll soon be warm here and cold over there. Exactly. Well, thank you, Carrie, for spending a bit of time with me to have a chat about your passion, your mission in life is to help people, isn't it? It is. Honestly, it is. It sounds cheesy and trite, but it's true. (laughs) Nothing wrong with a bit of cheesy. It is funny, isn't it? Well, my mission is to make a difference in people's lives. Well, I think when you boil it right down to our existence, let's get basic. Isn't that the reason why we're all here? Certainly not to buy the house and drive the car and be the best at what you do necessarily, I think, isn't it? To pass on what you've learned and what you know and help others. Isn't that it? Absolutely. And have you heard of the concept of helpers high, where you get kind of endorphins and all of the feel-good emotions from helping people? So yeah, we're biologically wired to help people and to feel good about doing it. So it's not cheesy at all. And you're lucky because you're obviously incredibly young. You've come to this conclusion at a very early stage in your life, whereas people like me, old dudes, it takes us a while before the penny drops. But the bottom line is, I'm sure for you in my life, Joy is every day going, how can I help people? Who can I impact? How can I touch someone's life today and help them be better, do more, have more in their life? So I think that's not cheesy. I think that's amazing. So well done. It's actually funny that you said that because I have this little post-it, people can't see it, but a pink post-it on my computer. And it says, who can I serve today? And that's what I think about every day when I sit down at my computer. So yes, I mean, honestly, for me, it's, you know, it was kind of a journey of necessity that I got to this place because I went through some challenging times myself with the things that I now help people with. 
And I got to the other side of that and experienced so much freedom yep. from, you know, solving some of those challenges that I just knew that it was my, you know, calling in life. And I think it's so true, isn't it? It seems to be our adversity or the things we struggle with and overcome the most of the things that we use as a platform to help other people. And it's great. If you weren't helping other people, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So cheesy or schmaltzy or whatever you want to call it. It's amazing. So exactly. Carrie. Let's talk about what you're doing now. We'll talk more about your story after the first break, but tell us about what's exciting you right now. What gets you buzzing, gets you bouncing out of bed in the morning? In Boise, buzzing in Boise. Buzzing in Boise, yes. Other than the potatoes that we have here. No, I, what oh, gets me? Stop it. Them? I love potatoes. <laughs> Are they that good in Boise? I mean, they're the best. The they're best. world renowned. <laughs> they are too. Yeah. Idaho potatoes for sure. Yeah. So what gets me excited to get out of bed in the morning? It really is helping people see things differently than they would have otherwise. And I'm actually noticing a big theme among my clients right now. So for those listeners who aren't aware of my background, I'm a wellness coach. And so I help people with all of the lifestyle habits that make up your well-being. And I kind of bucket that into thinking, consumption, and movement. So your habits of thinking, your mindset, you know, consumption, what are you putting into your body and movement? You know, are you getting intentional exercise? Are you getting daily life movement? You know, are you using your body? And Kind of an interesting theme among my clients lately in that I think there's kind of a little bit of a shift that's happening right now where it seems like people are coming out of the other side of the pandemic and a lot of people are waking up and saying, oh my gosh, what has happened to my habits? What has happened to my body? What has happened to me over the last three years? And they seem to be ready to address it. And so it's been really interesting. I've had several clients just in the past couple of months that, you know, are, are new clients and said, I gained 20 pounds, I gained 30 pounds, I gained 50 pounds over the last, you know, several years. But I think more so than the weight, it is really about the change in, in lifestyle and the change in habits that they just don't recognize where they are anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and again, they're kind of finally ready to address it. You know, I think we probably all need like, you know, therapy coming out of this, frankly, but you know, I'm not a therapist. The work that I do with people is therapeutic, but I'm not a therapist, but you know, the way that we treat our bodies has really changed. And I think for most people not changed for the better. So that's really exciting to me right now is helping people who are, you know, kind of finally ready and have woken up and said, okay, I've really, you know, collected some habits that don't really serve me very well over the last few years. And I'm starting to, you know, feel stable enough, you know, on solid ground enough that I can now, you know, start to address that and create some change in my life. So if I can help people in some small way, you know, because I know that the pandemic did a number on all of us. And if I can help people work through that is yep. exciting. So Okay. So I've got a question. This is a biggie. I'm going to throw a big one at you early on. Great. Yes. The pandemic has had an effect on all of us. And yes, people have let their health go to a certain extent over the pandemic, but there are people that haven't. And isn't it interesting how it's often circumstances-related situations that 
people then drop the ball. It might be a Christmas holiday or a vacation, or it might be some kind of trauma or some kind of unsettling situation like a pandemic. And all of a sudden, people stop doing what they know they should be doing. So here's the question. Mm-hmm. How do we get people to the point where they keep doing what they know they should be doing, even when there's a pandemic, even when they're on holidays, even when there's some kind of trauma in their life? How do we get people to keep doing those simple, basic things that they know they should be doing anyway, so that they don't ever have to get to this point going, oh my gosh, I've put on all this weight, now I've got to get my health back. How do we get people into a situation where they never have to worry about that again? Well, that is a big question. In my opinion, I believe the answer is more self-compassion because I think that so many people, if they get out of a habit or out of a routine, they think, oh, well, I just have to be more disciplined to get back into this routine. I just have to be more strict with myself. I just have to work harder, right? And, you know, we kind of, you know, then set these big lofty goals for ourselves of, oh, I'm going to go back to doing this. You know, I'm going to work out for an hour, five times, you know, a week or, you know, whatever the case might be. And they kind of white knuckle through it. And, you know, maybe they are successful for a couple of weeks, but inevitably it's such a big shift from where they are currently that it's not sustainable. And so then, you know, as soon as things don't go well, life happens, something gets in the way of them doing that thing, you know, we beat ourselves up and we tell ourselves if we were just more disciplined, if we, you know, just worked harder, et cetera, et cetera, then we would be able to do it. And then we set these big lofty goals again. And then, you know, the pattern just keeps repeating itself. It does. And I think that, you know, self-compassion is especially for people who are goal oriented or, you know, high achievers, high performers, self-compassion almost seems like, oh my gosh, like that's a dirty word. Like I, you know, I'm not easy on myself. Like I don't let myself off the hook, right? That's how I've gotten to where I am. That's how I've done all the things that I've done in my life. And I'm guilty of that kind of mindset as well. But self-compassion allows you to break that cycle of constantly setting these crazy expectations for yourself, never being able to sustain it, failing, and then just going back to the crazy expectations because you are, instead of you know beating yourself up and just saying, well, I just need to work harder. I just need to do more. I just need to make this more aggressive. It gives you, you know, the self-compassion to say, hey, this is hard and actually look at why is this not working and actually be honest with yourself in a safe space about why it's not working and kind of dissect where am I going wrong? Maybe I'm making this too aggressive. Maybe this isn't actually realistic. Maybe I need to stair step my way towards these goals and gives you a safe space to do that. Not because you're letting yourself off the hook, but because you care about yourself enough to want what's best for yourself. And I think that that's a really important distinction. And, you know, I think without that self-compassion, we just discipline and, you know, kind of try to beat ourselves into submission. Yep. And obviously that doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Very good insights, Carrie. So really a lot of people believe it's discipline, willpower, hard work, slog it out, no pain, no gain kind of reality Mm -hmm. to get the results they want. Well, What you've said is it's not that, and I agree 100% it is not that. So we're going to have a break and we're going to come back and work out what it is. 
You don't have to kill yourself in the process of being happy, healthy, wonderful, looking great, feeling great, and living a great life. So we will be back. The shedding of tears after a significant achievement, a meaningful moment, or purposeful pursuit is an indication of the powerful emotional joy we all strive for in our lives. What if there was a process for personal transformation that could lead to regular tears of joy moments? In Tears of Joy, Andrew Joblin provides the simple steps that will predictably lead to many meaningful moments of significance, achievement, and well-being. This book offers a sure and certain pathway to transformation that lasts. To purchase Tears of Joy or any of Andrew's other books, go to andrewjobling.com.au. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about your journey to this point in your life because you haven't always been a wellness coach, have you? And you haven't always been healthy, have you? I sure haven't. So everything that we Too many Idaho potatoes. Yeah, too many. (laughs) Is there such a thing? No. No, there Uh, is no such thing. You cannot eat enough potatoes. Um, Yes, but no, everything we talked about before the break, I know it because I've lived it. I've been there. And I spent 15 years prior to becoming a wellness coach working in the tech industry. And so I climbed the ladder and, you know, did all the things that I thought I needed to do to, you know, be happy in life and kept working towards the next promotion, the next raise, the next, you know, cool company, whatever it is. And all the while was totally allowing my own health and well-being to take a backseat. And, you know, lots of long days, late nights, you know, this board meeting, this, you know, client dinner, this business trip, whatever it is, really allowing that to be the priority. And, you know, don't get me wrong, in many ways, I was very fortunate to have the career that I had, but there was, I mean, I think balance is a little bit of a misnomer. But there was no trade-off other than the trade-off that was going to be what was going to get me ahead in my career. And so, you know, meanwhile, I'm feeling chronically stressed, no energy, overweight, just, you know, not feeling good and at home in my body. And I'm trying every fad, you name it. I've tried it. Tell us some Uh, of the fads you've tried, Kerry. Oh, gosh. Probably one of my favorites was... Not favorites, but like one of the most ridiculous. A fun one to talk about was something called the seventeen day diet. Why oh, yeah. seventeen days? I don't know what the magic number is. There must be seven- a lot of serious scientific <laughs> research into that. Or yes. someone just woke up one day and said seventeen days sounds good. Right, let's do that exactly. And it was basically a glorified kind of elimination diet. But it was just very specific on the things that you could eat and couldn't eat. And it was like some foods are, you know, totally unlimited. You can have as much of this as you want, but then other foods you could only eat certain days in the 17 days. And, you know, speaking of potatoes, no, you could not have potatoes until the the second round of the 17 days. The first round, you couldn't have the potatoes. Oh, my Um, gosh. So, yeah. You know, total elimination, crash diet type of thing. Um, How did you feel at the end of that? I mean, I felt successful at first because I lost like 15 pounds to, you know, go be in my friend's wedding. And then, of course, I gained it all back, you know, and then I thought, oh, you know, again, if I was just more disciplined, I just need to, you know, be able to give up all these foods for 17 days so Can we um, just hold Carrie there for a sec because I think this is an important message here because I mean how many people do exactly that holiday yeah. coming up 
I'll go get in shape so I can show off my body. And we mm. do these crazy elimination, starvation, deprivation kind of things. And then when we put the weight back on, because of course you can, because you can't stay on a diet. Because if you mm-hmm. stay on a diet, you die of malnutrition. So you have to eat more food. And then you put the weight back on. We feel like we've failed. Mm-hmm. What's actually failed, Carrie? Because people are, as you said, very hard on themselves. What's actually failed? The program you're on has failed you. You haven't yeah. failed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction. And, you know, people do get stuck in that cycle of constantly feeling like they're failing. And that is what I tell my clients who have been in that type of situation, that it's not you that's failing. All of the plans that you've tried, they don't work long-term. They're the thing that's failing you. Yeah. And, you know, I think if people can start to, you know, that's a comes from a place of self-compassion, right? Yeah. And so if you can start to shift that story that you're telling yourself that you're constantly a failure, yeah. uh, which by the way, the, the wellness industry, you know, I, I work in this industry, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Many parts of the wellness industry perpetuate this, well, you know, that's not the wellness industry. Failure. That's a weight loss industry. It's certainly not yes. wellness. Sure. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, there are a lot of companies that perpetuate making people feel like they're a failure so that they'll buy something else. So Carrie, one more question here, and sorry to interrupt you continuously, but let's say you've got the client who's got the wedding in three weeks and they want to lose 15 pounds, 20 pounds, Hmm. and they come to you and say, what can I do? What program, what diet have you got? What do you say to those people? Well, in honesty, I say I'm not the right coach for you. If that's what you want, I'm not putting any of that into the universe. So, you know, there's coaches that will work with people to do that. That's not me. Now, you know, if you've got a wedding in three weeks, realistically, you know, we can probably get you to lose, you know, a pound to two pounds a week. And then we'll continue to work together after the wedding and create maintainable, sustainable habits that will gradually get you to, you know, the weight that you want to be. And be there forever. Exactly. And this will be the last time that you'll ever do this. If that sounds good to you, then great. We can work together. (laughs) But if you just want, you know, 15 pounds quick and then you don't care what happens after that, then I'm not the right fit for you. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Okay. Sorry. We had a little bit of an interlude there. Sorry. As you're talking... I will interrupt you every now and then if that's okay. Absolutely. I just want to draw out the important stuff. And the important stuff here is think long-term, think forever, get out a quick fix. And if anyone's on a 17-day diet, get off it now. (laughs) Yes, stop. Anything else they should get off now, Carrie? What else should they get (laughs) off right now? I am personally not an advocate for anything that cuts out entire food groups unless you're allergic or you don't want to eat that food. But, you know, our body needs carbs for a lot of different functions. Our body needs fat. Our body needs protein. Our body needs the nutrients and the vitamins and minerals that it gets and the fiber that it gets from fruit and vegetables and things like that. So all of those pieces play an important role. So if you're, you know, following an approach, again, unless you truly don't want to eat some of those foods and or you're allergic, you know, an approach that cuts out entire food groups is probably not sustainable. Cool. Okay. So back to the story. You tried all these things. I tried all these things. 
Yep. And I just got to a point where I couldn't stay on that merry-go-round anymore. I had to get off of it. And I knew that another fad, another quick fix, another, oh, this is the approach that I've always been missing. I knew that that wasn't going to do it for me. I knew deep down that I had to solve this foundationally in a way that was maintainable and sustainable. Why was that so important for you at that point? You know, I think you just get, at least for me, I got to a place where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I didn't want to keep doing this. I did want to go through this process for the last time. And I was tired of feeling like I was really punishing my body. You know, that becomes really exhausting for people at a certain point. So I just thought, okay, there has to be a way that I can do this and maintain it and feel good in my body and not be obsessing over what I'm eating or what I'm not eating, how much I'm working out or how much I'm not, what I look like in the mirror. You know, I'm so tired of devoting all of this energy and headspace and money and, you know, all these things to those topics. I want to be freed from that. And so I went on, you know, kind of my own journey with that. I hired my own coach. I did a bunch of self-education to kind of really peel apart why I had those types of mindsets and really work to start shifting that mindset. And I lost 30 pounds and, you know, gained kind of a whole different world of, you know, freedom related to my choices and, you know, felt so much better and more at home in my body. And, you know, at the time, as I said, I worked in tech, I spent most of my career in marketing and advertising technology. So I was basically working for companies that was making it easier to sell things to people that they didn't need, (laughs) which didn't necessarily feel great. And so I just got to a point where I said, you know, I think that this is my purpose is to help people solve this challenge that they have with themselves and, you know, feel at home in their bodies and experience the freedom that I'm experiencing. And so I decided to take the leap and switch careers. And that was a few years ago. And now here I am. Look at you now. I mean, now. <laughs> Look at you now. And there's a couple of important points I just want to draw out of that. Number one is interesting. You said you've now lost 30 pounds. And that's when you took the focus off your weight loss. Yes. Isn't that interesting? When you take your focus off the result, and yes. put your focus on the process of being optimally healthy, surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, your body will go where it needs to go. When you give it what it needs, when you live with joy and happiness and purpose and you create the right routines and rhythms around eating and exercise and movement and thinking, mm-hmm. surprise, surprise, you lose 30 pounds. So again, big, big lesson for everyone, big message right there is stop focusing on the scales. Stop mm-hmm. focusing on how you look in the mirror and just do the right things and trust me and trust Carrie, you will look the way you need to look and you'll look the way you want to look. So that's a biggie. And I think then the other point is probably the career path thing. Isn't it interesting? We all follow a career path often, which we feel like we should, one that is expected of us Mm -hmm. or expected by society or by our parents or family or whatever. And often it makes us miserable. Often it creates stress and it doesn't give us joy. There's no meaning there, but we do it because that's what we're supposed to do. And I think that's the reason why there's so many unhealthy people. Yes. Because people blame food and lack of exercise for being unhealthy. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why the food doesn't make you unhealthy. It's you do because you put it into your mouth. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that's ever been chased down the road by a donut or maybe a deep-fried Idaho potato. No one has been chased down the road. They have made a choice to put that food, that alcohol. They've made a choice to hit the snooze button. They've made a choice to sit on the couch with the remote rather than get out and go for a walk. And often it's because they're not happy in their life, often because they're following a path that's not their path, that's a path that someone else has laid out for them, and they're medicating themselves. Yes. So I think there's a foundational piece is if you're not loving what you do, if it's not meaningful for you, either make it meaningful or do something that is meaningful. And that's exactly what you've done. Yes, exactly. And I would say that switching careers, totally starting over, building a business, none of those things are easy. You know, unfortunately, if there's some sort of easy button to life, I haven't found it. (laughs) But what I do tell people is that if all these things that I'm doing now are hard, everything that I was doing before was also hard. And so it's a matter of choosing your heart, right? And versus letting it be chosen for you. And in the life that I was living before, my part, the difficulties, that was being chosen for me. Now I've actively chosen to pursue this career and to pursue this life, do this. And, you know, I do have so much more purpose and meaning in it. And so, you know, if... People are listening to this thinking like, oh, well, yeah, sure, must be nice or whatever. Or, you know, I could never do that because that's too hard. You know, the life that you're living right now is probably hard too. And, you know, it's not to say that everyone has to go out and, you know, totally change their career or whatever the case might be. I don't think that's true. But, you know, listen to your gut, listen to your heart about what lights you up inside, about what makes you feel happy and fulfilled and purposeful and do more of that somehow, you know, and if it's fair, great. And if it's not, if it's in your free time, if it's, you know, volunteering, if it's time with your family, whatever it is, you know, prioritize that time versus allowing you know, whatever you're doing for your quote nine to five to be the always de facto priority. And that's what I really struggled with was just kind of always allowing that to be the priority and never allowing anything else to. And at a certain point that, you know, those choices all add up. And at some point it's going to lead to an undesirable place. And I think you mentioned the moment you got your business and it's hard, but before you had your business, you're in a job that was hard. And you, as you said, you've got to choose your hard. But isn't it so true that the hard in your job is painful often? The hard in your business is joyful because it's got meaning. You have absolute meaning in what you're doing. So, yeah, it's hard, but you're creating something. You're doing something meaningful. And that makes the hard, in a lot of ways, fun. So just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not fun. Because I think fun's a big part too. We need to have fun. Anyway, Carrie, let's have a quick break. And let's come back and chat more about some ideas for people to live a joyful, happy, healthy life. Great. I'm going to let you in on a secret. There's a common theme among people who have been able to make a big health change in their life and maintain it. They had to become the healthy version of themselves. So if you're looking to make a change in your life, close your eyes and envision the healthy version of you. Pretty exciting, isn't it? If you want support in this journey to the healthy version of yourself, reach out to me. Carrie Brownsberger. I'm a certified wellness coach who helps the overworked and overscheduled reclaim their well-being. I know what it takes because I used to live that way too. 
schedule a no-cost consult at www.toyourhealthwithcarrie, that's K-A-R-I.com. Good job, Carrie. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank Carrie, you. Do you do lots of podcasts? Are you a bit of a podcastonian? I am doing more and more and I really enjoy it. You know, I like chatting with people and I can talk about this stuff all day. I kind of nerd out on it. So yeah, it's fun. It's not nerdy. <laughs> We're cool. Just ask us. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned at the start, the three areas that you help people with is thinking, consumption and movement, correct? Yes. All right. So we don't have a lot of time, but let's just touch on each one and give us a key message that you would like to give people in each category. Let's start with thinking. Thinking is the one that's most important because we don't do anything. We don't put anything in our mouth or we don't go out and move our body or not move our body as the case may be without first a thought. So what are some insights you've got, Carrie, for people to help direct their thinking so that it leads them to make better choices to create better outcomes in their life? So I'm going to give you my favorite, I don't want to call it a tip because I think that kind of minimizes it, but my favorite exercise that I have all my clients do, and it actually encompasses all three of these areas, but definitely really starts with the thinking piece. So there has been a lot of research done about people who are able to create a significant change in their life and maintain it. And there is a commonality among all of these people who have been able to create a significant change. And we're talking about losing a certain amount of weight and keeping it off or quitting smoking or, you know, something along those lines. And the commonality isn't like, you know, they all have the same morning routine or, you know, they all cold plunge or, you know, some sort of hack for, for building habits. The common theme among all of these people is that they all said, that in order to make this change and maintain it, they had to create a new identity for themselves. Love they it. had to become healthy Andrew or healthy Carrie. And so this is an exercise that I bring all of my clients through to have them just close their eyes and visualize who is this healthy version of themselves. And really, you know, allow yourself to dream and to go there and to think about how does this person feel when they wake up in the morning? And, you know, what do they wear? And how do they feel walking down the street? Who are they spending time with? What types of food are they putting into their body? What types of movement do they do that they enjoy? And really building this picture of whoever, you know, this healthy version of you is. And it's so cool to do because it's always different for everyone. It's always highly personal, but this healthy version of yourself becomes your North star on your journey that you're on, on your wellness journey. And so, you know, when you're in a difficult situation and, you know, you don't know what to do, or maybe the thing that you planned, you know, has totally gone out the window or whatever, you can ask that healthy version of yourself, hey, healthy Carrie, like, what should I do in this situation? And, you know, use that healthy version of yourself as kind of a guide. Because the good news is, if you can envision this healthy version of yourself, you can become them. They are inside of you. And so really the journey becomes, you know, the journey to embodying this person. And I have my clients, you know, I always have them go through this exercise. And then I say, okay, 
today on a scale of one to 10, you know, how much do you feel you're embodying this person? And inevitably it's, you know, probably a, you know, two, three, four or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And at the end of, you know, our work together, where do you want to be? Of course they want to be at, you know, a 10, 9, 10. And so we kind of revisit that as a metric, you know, when you were talking earlier about kind of getting rid of, you know, focusing on the scale as the outcome, you know, moving towards this healthy version of yourself becomes the metric that we're measuring. And so we'll revisit that every few weeks and say, okay, how often are you embodying healthy so-and-so? And inevitably, you know, they're consistently moving along that spectrum to become this healthy person. So, you know, like I said, I think that's so much about thinking and it's about changing your mindset to who this healthy that's, person is. That's the key, isn't it? It really is that key piece. Yeah. If you don't yeah. identify as a healthy person, you're not going to do the things that create a healthy person. Exactly. Well done. That's awesome. Thanks. Okay. I love that. Identify as a healthy person, a healthy yeah. version of you. Just focus on the healthy version. Yeah. Cool. And then live your life that way. Yeah. All right. So then the healthy version in terms of consumption, what do you recommend we consume? Yeah. So like I said, I believe that there is a place for all foods in a healthy diet, but there are certainly areas where we want to optimize. So most people are under consuming protein and vegetables, and most people are over consuming carbs and fats. And again, fats are very important to our bodies, but generally speaking, the consumption of those things is out of whack. So usually when I work with people, I will have them just start by simply adding more protein and more veggies into their day-to-day. So, you know, because a lot of people that I work with, they're used to, you know, kind of a restriction mentality. I can't eat these things. And the more we restrict things and the more off limits they are, the more we want them. So it kind of creates this self-fulfilling prophecy because as humans, we don't like to be told what to do. We're rebellious creatures. And so if we focus just simply on adding first, eating more protein, eating more veggies. So for most people, it's basically like a palm size of protein at each meal. If you're a man, you might want to do like two palms of protein, or if you're a more active woman, like two palms of protein at each meal, and then a fist um, size of veggies at each meal. If you focus simply on that, that is going to start to naturally balance out some of the other areas of your plate where you might be over Okay. So where do the Idaho potatoes fit in? How big, like, is it two fists of potatoes or like, is it a bucket of potatoes? Come on. Where does the potatoes fit into this? Well, potatoes are technically a carbohydrate, so they don't fit in that fist. I know, I'm sorry. But again, you can still eat them. I always get to that place, you know, with my clients, but just by starting to focus on optimizing and eating more protein and more veg, it is just going to naturally balance out your plate. And protein and veg give you a lot of energy. So they help you just feel better consistently throughout the day. They help you with your hunger and, you know, keep you full for a lot longer. So there's a lot of benefits there. So yeah, Yeah. so that's- No, I get it. Obviously, I'm trying to be funny here. And the other (laughs) thing is when you eat well, the protein, the vegetables, and you don't crave as much either. So I think for a lot of people, potatoes are a craving, whether it's French fries or whether it's baked potatoes or deep fried or whatever we're doing, potatoes are often a result of a craving- as is a lot of other foods, but when you do exactly what you're talking about, combine your proteins and your fruits and your vegetables, you are going to have more sustained energy and it's going to reduce cravings. So I like it. Okay, Carrie, last one, movement. 
Yeah. Easy one, isn't it? Really? It should be an I easy mean, one. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Thank you. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. People, get up and move. For goodness sake, go for a walk. Yes, people really love to overcomplicate movement. They're like, what's the best workout for this? And how long should I be doing this? And what kind of, you know, work? And and I'm just like, just move your body. Unless you're trying to be like in a fitness competition or whatever, like you are probably way overcomplicating it. Like, yes, walk. walk. Yes, lift some heavy things. Yes, get out of breath occasionally every week. Most people don't need this like super optimal. This is the absolute best workout program. They just need to move more consistently. Once you're moving more consistently, if you then have very specific goals or performance goals, then yeah, move into a program that's very optimized. But let's be honest about where we're starting. (laughs) Most people aren't starting there and that's okay. And you may never get there. So just use your body. Well, again, movement is a mindset and it comes back to your identity. If I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, what would the healthy version of me do today in the movement realm? Then I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go and do some push-ups, or I'm going to do some sit-ups or some squats or I'm going to have a stretch or I'm going to do some yoga. Right. The healthy version of me will do it every single day. Yes. It won't always be intense. It'll sometimes it'll just be a walk. But Mm -hmm. that's the healthy version. And it comes back to that identity piece, which I think is critical piece of this whole conversation. Because if we're not underpinning action with identity, then the action won't last. And this is why I think a lot of people that go on the 17-day diet, (laughs) they get to the end of it and they put the weight back on. And probably where you were at that point is you didn't identify as a healthy person. You said in your unconscious mind, well, I'm not a healthy person, but I want to lose weight. So at yeah. the end of losing weight, you put it back on. Why? Because that's what an unhealthy person does. So we act very consistently with the identity we have of ourselves. So that is such a critical point, Kerry. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I think that's the main key message is build that identity of the healthy version of yourself and then live it every day and every day ask yourself, what would the healthy version of me do in this situation when presented with a Krispy Kreme donut, what would the healthy version of me do? Now, the healthy version of you might eat that Krispy Kreme donut. Right, exactly. Sometimes the answer might be, yes, I want that because the healthy version of you doesn't, you know, overly restrict yourself. But the healthy version of you knows when it's worth it, when you're going to actually enjoy it, you know, versus are you just having it because, you know, you're not supposed to or because it's off limits or because it's a habit or because you're craving. Or, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful conversation, Carrie. Thank you so much. It's been incredible. Now, how do people, because they want to talk to you more now, they're going to go, oh my gosh, this lady is incredible. How do I talk to her? So, how do they find you? Yeah. So, a couple of different places. If you want to talk to me, um, I do consultations, no cost, no strings attached, just to chat more about how I can help you. So you can schedule that with me via my website. That is www.toyourhealthwithcarrie.com. And if you want to just get more, you know, kind of daily tips, tricks, actionable ideas, things that I'm thinking about, I do post a lot of resources and just, you know, free content and things on Instagram. So you can follow me there as well. And I'm at kbrownsburger3. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation and appreciate you sharing so generously. Yeah, for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being had. 
You're going to go have some potatoes now? Well, it's a bit early for potatoes, but you've got me thinking about Idaho potatoes. Gosh. <laughs> stop, Andrew, stop. What would the healthy version of you do? Gosh. <laughs> anyway, Carrie, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation and enjoy the rest of your beautiful day and keep going with the great work you're doing. Great. Thanks so much. Yes, it is true. I feel like potatoes right now. I will resist. Maybe. What a wonderful conversation with Carrie that was. Such a lively, enthusiastic, passionate person, which I love. And isn't that so true when you find what it is you love to do and you find your mission and purpose in life, you will do it with vim and vigor and enthusiasm. So just another encouragement to you if you're listening to this and you're not feeling that meaning and purpose and love and joy and passion in your life, then I really want to challenge you to work out how you can find that for yourself. Start with building that healthy version of yourself. Visualize it, describe it, and then live to that healthy version because that's the foundation of all success and joy in life is being healthy and happy. Anyway, wonderful conversation. If you want to reach out to Carrie, you can do so. And if you want a free consult, simply go to her website, which is toyourhealthwithcarrie.com. Book a free consultation and she would love to chat with you and help you in any way she can. Thanks for being with me this week. Another wonderful conversation, another critical conversation. Please share it with all the people you know that you would love to help with their health and well-being. You can't tell people what to do, can you? But it's always good to refer them to a wonderful podcast like this. Thanks for being with me. I'll be with you again next week. My name is Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. 